0: Good evening. You're on the air with Mike on the mic. This is Mike Hazichek, and I love my Catholic faith. This evening we're going to talk about becoming desensitized to sin. But first, let's start out with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh my God, we're going to do an act of contrition. Oh my God, I'm heartily sorry for having offended thee, and I detest all my sins. Because of thy just punishments, but most of all because you of the offend thee, my God, who all are good and deserving of all my love, I firmly resolve, with the help of thy grace, to sin no more and to avoid the near occasion of sin. Amen. So we are in the season of Lent, and it's time when it's a time when we really seek a conversion of our hearts to follow the will of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ more faithfully. God calls us all to a life of holiness. So what's holiness? Holiness is the perfect conformity to the will of God in all things, at all times, and in all places. It's the perfect correspondence between who and what you are and who and what God wants you to be. That's a pretty darn tall order. But in simple terms, you know, holiness is just rejecting sin. If we're doing God's will, we are actually rejecting our sinful ways. So why is our society becoming so desensitized to sin? Well, it's like what happens with a frog in the water. If you throw a frog in boiling water, he'll jump right out. But if you put a frog in water and slowly turn up the temperature he will stay in the pot and eventually boil. That's what happens to us. You know, you kind of get used to your surroundings. You get used to it and before you know it, you're over your head. As the secular world becomes more sinful in its trends, we become more desensitized to it. Things that we watch on TV today during prime time hours, when the kids are still up, would have been banned 60 or 70 years ago and not permitted to be broadcast. You could not even use foul language on a TV series. Explicit sexual scenes on television didn't happen. Profanity in music was not permitted. never heard that on the radio. Most stores were closed on Sundays. Churches were packed. Confession lines were long. We could pray in school. There were no transvestite reading hours for children at the local libraries. Unmarried cohabitation was the exception, not the norm. Kids could not collaborate with the teacher to transition their sex without parental knowledge. We could go on and on with this list. The point is, what most people today consider to be morally upright and normal would not stand up against the Ten Commandments established by God. They, they just won't stand up. And I went to confession this past Saturday, and including myself, There were three people there for confession, and one was already in the confessional. I would hardly call that a line. Um, I mean, it's just amazing. And it's not because people are committing less sin than they were 60 or 70 years ago. I'd actually argue that people are sinning more and repenting less. 50 to 60 years ago, I used to see quite a few of the neighbors in church on Sunday. These days, most of the neighbors don't go to church, and that's very indicative of what we're seeing in religious surveys. What's causing all of this, though? I think we have seen a deterioration of faith formation and really poor catechesis. Most kids in their teens can't recite the Ten Commandments, they don't even understand the seven sacraments. According to a Pew study a couple of years ago, only a third of Catholics believe the Eucharist is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Many secular norms today are in opposition to our Catholic faith. Imagine if this trend continues, what it will look like over the next 50 years. God help our grandchildren. So how do we reverse the trend, particularly in our own families and households? You probably have heard the expression, the buck stops here. The fact of the matter is that if we leave it up to someone else, well, you know, you're just going to continue to get more of the same, right? I mean, because that's what's happening. You know, there are certain things we control in our lives. If there was ever a time to have a conversion of our hearts, now is the time during Lent today. Today is the first day of the rest of our lives. We can start right now. Let's start in the home from the time we wake up in the morning with a prayer. When we wake up in the morning, let's thank God for another day. Here's an example. Heavenly Father, we praise you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your only begotten Son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thank you for all you have given me. And then maybe say in our Father after that. you know, Let's pray before each meal throughout the day, whether at home. Um, out loud and with family members or silently if need be when we're out in public and we say the following prayer bless us O lord in these thy gifts which we are about to receive from thy bounty through christ our lord amen wow that's so easy to do throughout the day and it doesn't interfere with absolutely anything so now you know we're acknowledging god throughout the whole day this is an easy thing to do. And again, it's not interfering with anything. It's not taking any big amount of time up, right? Um, but we're bringing God into our lives. We're making him the center of our lives. You know, Let's now make sure our, our, ourselves, as well as all of our family members, know the Ten Commandments. Now, let's say that we commit to everyone being able to recite them before Lent is over. I mean, it's not a big deal to get everybody to... Memorize 10 lines and and know what they are and talk about them and what their meaning is. And let's do that for a second. Um, There's this uh, gentleman, his name's Michael Haynes, and um, he kind of, uh, this was on the um, U.S. uh, Catholic Bishops website. It's usccb.org, I believe. And um, it's, you know, it's it's a listing of the Ten Commandments and it talks a little bit about each one of them. Um, And let's kind of walk through them the 10 commandments number one i am the lord thy god thou shalt not have strange gods before me so you know these are commands you know it's faith hope and love and worship of god reverence for holy things in prayer that's what this is telling us to do what is it forbidding us to do well it's forbidding forbid forbidding us uh to do idolatry superstitions uh spiritisms uh tempting god sacrilege attendance at false worship um those are the kinds of things that we you know that that are um you know you're committing a mortal sin if you do any of those things um second commandment thou shalt not take the name of the lord thy god in vain That's commanding reverence and speaking about God and holy things, the keeping of oaths and vows. What is it forbidding? It's forbidding blasphemy or the irreverent use of God's name, speaking disrespectfully of holy things, false oaths, and the breaking of vows. And, you know, these are all would be mortal sins under the second uh, commandment. And, you know, it's like... some people in their vocabulary the GD word is commonplace it's, it's constantly throughout the day you know, each time you do that <laughs> it's a mortal sin and you know the, these are easy things to break habit wise very easy things to break habit wise we can do this through Lent um, number three third commandment keep the Sabbath holy going to church it's, it's commanding us to go to church on Sundays and, and also holy days of obligation It forbids us from missing church through our own fault, right? So if we're sick, that's an excuse. Um, If there's, uh, you know, if you have a loved one you're taking care of, that could be an excuse. Um, But if it's through your own fault, if you're going to a ball game somewhere instead, that's not an excuse. Um, Unnecessary uh, work that you're doing on that day, uh, because we're we're supposed to have a day of rest. Uh, on Sunday, and then, um, you know, those are the kinds of things that violate that commandment. Uh, Let's talk about number four, honor thy father and thy mother. Well, this encompasses more than what you would think. Uh, It commands us to love, respect, have obedience on the part of children, care on the part of our parents for their spiritual temporal welfare of their children. You know, parents should be um, caring for their spiritual and temporal welfare of their children, and obedience to civil and religious superiors. These are all part of the commands. And what does it forbid us to do? Well, it forbids us to have hatred of parents and superiors, disrespect and disobedience. That's how, how we, we break that commandment. Let's look at number five. Thou shalt not kill. It commands. What's, what is it commanding us to do? Well, it's safeguarding of one's own life and bodily welfare and that of others. What does it forbid us to do? Unjust killing, suicide, abortion, sterilization, dueling, endangering life and limb of self or others. So it encompasses more broadly, more broadly things that you know sometimes you don't think of, think of, and it's really important to go through each one of these commandments. Um, and, and and that's why we're just kind of briefly perusing over them this evening. I mean we're gonna I think in, in some future shows, maybe we'll take a one radio show and just talk about each, one particular commandment and go through, and we could spend a whole radio show on that. we're gonna, we're gonna do that uh, down the road. Let's go to number six, thou shalt not commit adultery. Well, what is it commanding us to do? It's commanding chastity in word and deed. What is it forbidding us to do? Obscene speech, impure actions alone or with others, and, you know, and acting on it. And, you know, that's so common these days. It's, again, you know, where we talk about um, we're desensitized to sin because things like that are very commonplace in our world, this secular world. Let's go to number seven. Commandment number seven. Thou shalt not steal. What does it command us to do? Respect for the property and rights of others, right? The paying of just debts when we debts when we owe, owe money, paying just wages to employees, paying wages to employees that are fair because if we're somebody who's cheating our employees, you know, we're committing a sin, right? And then integrity in public office. you know, it encompasses all of that. Um, what does it forbid? It forbids theft, damage to the property of others, not paying just debts, not returning found or borrowed articles, giving unjust measure or weight in selling, not paying just wages, bribery, graft, cheating, fraud, accepting stolen property, not giving an honest day's work for wages, that there's that's the opposite of somebody not paying you what's fair to you. And then breach of contract. Those are just, you know, all that encompasses a violation of the seventh commandment, which is thou shalt not steal. Number eight, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. It commands us to have truthfulness, respect for the good name of others, and the observance of secrecy when required. What does it forbid us to do? It forbids us about lying. It shouldn't be lying to people. Injury to the good name of others slander talebearing, rash judgment contemptuous speech and the violation of secrecy you know if somebody tells you you know we would like you to keep this a secret and you go blab it all over the place and, and you're saying sure I'll, I'll do that well you know you're, law also, you're lying as well um, again these are ways that we break that commandment let's go to number nine Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. It commands us to have purity in thought, right? And it forbids us willful, willful impure thought and desires. Easy, easy to break that commandment. You know, that, that, that's a very commonplace today. And, you know, something that, uh, you know, it's just all around us, right? Um, number 10, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. What does it command us to do? Respect for the rights of others, and it forbids us the desire to take, to keep, or to damage the property of others. So, um, so this is this is something that uh, Michael G. Haynes put together. It's a resource that's uh, on the uh, U.S. Catholic Bishops website, and um, you know I, you know, encourage you to go there. And, and There's you know some other information as well, but. This is just kind of a you know an uh, overview of the you know quick quick overview of the Ten Commandments, and you know the point I think to make t- this evening is the Ten Commandments aren't just one liners. You know they encompass more than what you think, and and um, there's there's a lot more to them. And and we can make it a fun project in the family learning the Ten Commandments. You know you 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 know you're learning to recite each commandment by using your 10 fingers so you know that's a that's a way you could make it a project and you can go on youtube and there are many videos that show you how to use your fingers to remind you of each of the 10 commandments in order and it's a lot of fun for the kids and you know you can get these laminated cards on amazon and you can carry them around with you that list the 10 commandments you know um this is something you could do and say hey you know during lent the whole family is going to learn what they are we're going to we're going to know what these 10 commandments are so you know we know how to live our lives we know know how to not how to how to do god's will you know and keep and keep the 10 commandments um, and not violate them you know take control of your children's catechesis and make sure they are learning the foundations of their faith you know, it, it's it's our responsibility. You know, you just can't lay them off and push them off on somebody and say, okay, so some, so a bunch of people who volunteer on Saturdays and Sundays or maybe a day during the week to teach your kid what some, somebody hands them a, a book that they they're not even that familiar with things. They're they're just doing it because they're they're good neighborly people that say, hey, we need help. We need somebody to teach help these kids. You know, they they don't have any training. And you know we're, we 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 act like you know hey well if you're you know you I expect you to teach them everything they need to know that's not the case you know we need to do it ourselves you know if you if, if you shove your kids off uh, that have problems to other people they're not going to solve them for them it's up to you the Catechism of the Catholic Church has a whole section on the Ten Commandments explaining sins against each of the commandments it's a great preparation going to confession i mean it's a it's got a lot of it's there's a lot in that section um and and if you go through that you're really going to have a very very good understanding of each one of the ten commandments a lot of information there all scripturally based a lot of scripture sites you know there's also a section in the catechism of the catholic church on the seven sacraments again a lot of detail on each sacrament make sure your children your grandchildren your loved ones understand the importance of each sacrament and particularly the eucharist um you know i just uh my granddaughter was over the other day and i asked her a question uh she was talking about actually one of the sacraments and you know i started having a conversation with her and it was obvious to me that she was not learning all that was proper about that sacrament and you know, so we had to sit down and talk about it. And that, again, is our obligation. And, you know, be involved in that catechesis. You know, finally, make time to go to confession during Lent and receive absolution for your sins. Check your lo- local parish or neighboring parishes for their confession times and go. You know, um, because it's Lent, a lot of times you'll see in a diocese, like they are in my diocese, well, actually, I'm in, I'm in the Youngstown, Ohio diocese, but neighboring diocese, uh, the uh, Cleveland diocese, is actually having this uh, Wednesday evening, I believe they're having a confession night at all the parishes for a couple of hours. And, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. There's no excuse. I mean you can get some, you'll, you can go almost anywhere in a Cleveland area uh, where there's a Catholic church and you'll be able to uh, go to confession that evening. I, that's a wonderful thing to do. I hats off to the to the uh, Bishop of for for doing that. Um, but if you haven't gone in a long while, tell the priest and he will walk you through it. There was a time when I hadn't gone in years and it was so refreshing and the priest helped me get through the confession you know he 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 walked me through everything it was you know and and you know I walked out it was a, one of the it was a fantastic experience and um you know now I go all the time sometimes twice a month but at least once a month i don't go any try not to go any 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 um less than once a month and you know this this past month i went twice so um i mean this in february i've I've gone twice already i technically i i could maybe have to go again you never know right but you got to keep track of what you're doing. You know, know when you commit a mortal sin and be conscious of it and fight it. Fight it. Fight that temptation. Fight it. You know, and, and if you're aware that you've committed, committed a mortal sin, go to confession as soon as you can and confess that sin. Stay in the state of grace. Get your kids and your loved ones to confession uh, and commit to start going regularly. The grace you will receive from going to confession will help you stay on that straight and narrow path of holiness. And there are a bunch of little things we can do as well. You know, like turn the TV off or fast forward it through the parts that seem inappropriate. Um, Monitor what your kids are doing on social media. Be involved with what they are up to and who their friends are and where they're going to socialize and what they're watching on TV. Be involved in their faith formation. Take them to church on the weekends and on holy days of obligation. Be involved in what they are learning in school. None of this is rocket science. God offers us an abundance of grace to help us keep on that narrow path to do his will. We just have to embrace it. And with that, we'll be back next week. And may you have a blessed season of Lent.